What's up, Fuse? My people of purpose, all across our locations, we just want to say we love you and we are so grateful for you. We're so excited that you gave up a Friday, uh, Wednesday night um, and um, uh, made your way out uh, to not only experience community and connection, uh, but to above and beyond everything else, experience God. And because you have a hunger for God, and God has more than enough for you, you are leaving tonight. Can someone say a good amen to that with so much of God? Amen? amen. If you have your Bibles, would you go with me to the book of Judges? Judges chapter 6. Uh, we are in a series called People of Purpose. And uh, we believe that God made it abundantly clear what your purpose was meant to be. Uh, the other night before... I uh, went to bed, my 15-year-old daughter came into uh, mine and my wife's room, and I think she was doing a project for school, and she just asked me this question, hey, Daddy, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? And, um, and I was a little bit tired, and I kind of rattled something off, um, and she went off, and she finished off her homework, but it made me think for a while. As I lay there in bed and as I went to sleep, what is our purpose? Life is so much more than a bunch of incidences that we have to go through waiting for Jesus to return on a white horse. Our life isn't just a, a, a big cosmic accident that once upon a time happened. There is something underneath everything. There is something behind everything. There is a reason that's down the track that we will discover, and basically everything today that we're going through is going to make so much more sense down the track. What is the purpose of this all? And having a quick chat to Mayor Knox about this series, uh, she just, just dropped this revelatory line that has literally been bouncing around my head and my heart all week long, that our purpose is simple. Our purpose is to live our life in such a way that what is happening in heaven would happen here on earth, and that is the purpose of the people of God. Not to just gather together and sing a couple of songs and listen to some talks. It's not about just being good people and well-behaved children. No, it's about rising up. Come on, it's about getting loud. Come on, it's about being brave and bringing heaven to earth. This is our purpose. And as we look through the book of Judges, you're going to see a bunch of different characters, people like you and me, who discovered their purpose in God to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever is unfolding in the heavenlies, I want to see unfold in my life, through my life, in my friendship circles, in my school, in my city, in my neighborhood, in my workplace. My purpose in life is to bring the kingdom of God to bear wherever I tread. And I love the stories that you see here in the book of Judges. And this week we'll be looking at the story of a guy named Gideon. And his story is found in the book of Judges, chapter 6. I know that the passage is going to go up on the big screens, and I gave them verse 12 to begin from, but, but I'm going to begin from verse 11. So if you have your Bibles, would you go with me to the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 11? And the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah, 
that belonged to Joash the Abizarite. There's going to be a lot of ites and Vegemites and all that kind of stuff. Just go with me. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to, he said to Gideon, Hey, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? Where are all his wonders and all that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the, in the, in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. Now, if you have your Bible, flick over to 2 Timothy verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's all good. Just listen along. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. God did not give us a spirit that is intimidated by people or the cool crowd. God did not give us that kind of spirit. No, he gave us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Tonight, I just want to drop one simple thought in your head, a word in your heart, a revelation in your spirit, that if you would receive it, it would change not only your life tonight, it will change your life tomorrow, and in the days to come, it'll change every environment in which you step your foot. We're going to talk about breaking fear tonight. Breaking fear tonight. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. God did not give us a back down, run away, hide in the shadow spirit. He put something inside each and every single one of you, called by his name, saved by his grace, carried now by faith. He has put something inside each and every single one of you, and it is not a spirit of fear, but it is a spirit of power and love. A sound mind, self-discipline. There is something coursing in your veins. And we're just trying to let you know what that is so that you can let it out. Tonight, we break fear. Let me pray and we'll jump into this. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father God, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way. We open up our eyes to see what you have planned for us. We open up our hearts to receive what you have prepared for us. And we beg you, leave us changed from the hearing of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We are breaking fear tonight. Have you ever been frozen by fear before? I've been frozen by fear. I remember a couple of years ago... um, A buddy of mine, during a celebration in Australia where there was fireworks, convinced me to climb onto the roof of his house. Uh, I've never been the most nimble fellow, but now I'm kind of wrestling with middle age, and I've got like a chip on my shoulder and something to prove. I said, yeah, let's do it. 
And so my buddy Ewan climbs onto this roof. I like kind of very carefully and gingerly kind of followed behind him. We got onto his roof. The fireworks began. We couldn't see her thing. It was like little pops in the distance. And uh, Ewan said, this is boring. So Ewan got to the edge of this roof and jumped off the roof onto uh, his lawn, did a commando roll, and then got up, dusted himself off. and said, come on, Dan. So here I am on the edge of the roof, and I'm going, okay, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? I got like ninja blood in my mind. I was like, I can do this. I'm standing there. I'm going, okay, I can jump. I just saw my boy Ewan do this. I can do this. And so, okay, let's do this. Okay, so you do the whole countdown. You know what I'm saying? Three, two, and then that thought comes into your head. You know what I'm saying? That you're going to land funny, and then you're kind of your spine is going to compact and like burst through the top of your head. Like that kind of, that thought filled my brain, and it dripped down to my heart, and it froze my body. So I did this. Whoa! No, no, no. So I kind of, I'm on the roof, and I'm pacing around, and thinking, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into this. Come on, man, you can do this. Hit and roll, hit and roll. So I got to the edge of the roof, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this now. All right, I'm going to do this right now, and, and all I have to do is I like just hit and roll. And so I'm going to myself, all right, I'm going to count to three again. Here we go, ready? One, two, and I got to three. This thought came into my head. Then I'm going to kind of land and like kind of my, my, have you seen those like kind of videos where people be like landing funny and they're like bone be bursting out of the side of their leg? This picture just, just popped into my head. And I go, which I, Shazam! Like, and so I go, oh my. So I pull back again and I'm kind of, and so I'm stuck on the roof. Ewan's now trying to encourage me off by swearing at me. And so he says, you know what? Um, if you don't get off the roof now, if you don't jump, if you don't man up, I'm going to go into the house and I'm going to get your wife and she's going to be ashamed of you. Something, I'm going to jump now because I don't want my wife to be ashamed of me. And so I'm going, so, so I'm standing there, I'm doing the three, you know what I'm talking about. And like you kind of, you get right to the edge and just as you kind of take that little step or you take that jump or you take that plunge, fear fills your brain, it drips down to your heart and then it freezes your body. So, so my friend Ewan actually did go into the house and get my wife. And I thought my wife was going to come out and support me. I thought, like, this is my wife. Like, she was, like, you know, my, my first ever girlfriend, like, kind of the love of my life, you know, the wife of my youth. I thought she was going to come out and say, man of God, you stay up there. Let me go wherever I need to go to pursue and find a ladder so I can bring that to you so that you can come down safely. You know what she did? She started swearing at me too. No, no, messing around. She was like kind of, oh my. And so I was stuck, no word of a lie, for one hour just on this roof, just sitting down, chilling, making myself comfortable because every single time I got to the edge, fear filled my head, dripped down to my heart and froze my body. Anybody who wants to step into their purpose to bring heaven to earth, anybody who desires to step into their purpose to glorify God and to bring good into their world, will at some point in their journey have to deal with that feeling of being frozen by fear. It'll happen. It's happened before. You've been along to Fuse and you're so pumped up about what God is doing. You see what's happening in your Fuse group and you know they're just some friends of yours at school, some buddies of yours in your football team. 
some girlfriends of yours that hang around, the cheerleading girls, like kind of like, you know, you're thinking to yourself, you know what, as soon as I get to school that Thursday morning, I'm telling all my friends about what God did that Wednesday night. I saw him with my own eyes and I'm telling the world about it. So you get to school, you're in your first class, you know, kind of the teacher's starting to do their thing and you're just about to pass your first note or whisper your first message and you want to tell them about what God has done. But then what happens? Fear. It fills your brain, it drips down to your heart, and it freezes your body, and you say nothing. You experienced it this afternoon. You did. Wednesday afternoon, you're hanging out, and you know, it's lunchtime, and you're chatting around, you know, you're hanging out in that, that room where you're eating lunch, and everybody's talking about what they're doing tonight, and some people are saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go and hang out at the mall, and someone else is going to kind of just watch some Netflix, and you're, you know in your heart that you're going to fuse tonight and there's space in your car. And you know that, that, that your friend that you sit with every single day at lunch would have their life radically transformed by one touch of God. And you know that there's at least one touch of God available on a Wednesday night at Fuse and you want to invite them along. But just as you open your mouth, what happens? Fear fills your mind. It drips down to your heart and it freezes your body. It's happened before. It happened last week in Fuse. You were hanging out with your, with your group after Fuse, and, and, and everyone was talking about stuff, and, and then God started stirring your heart to maybe share something, or maybe to pray for one of your friends, or maybe kind of add something to that discussion, and, and you've been wanting to say something for a couple of weeks now, but you've kind of been keeping it to yourself, but you just feel this opportunity opening up, but just as you go to speak, what happens? Fear. It fills your mind, it drips down to your heart, it freezes your body, and then you miss your opportunity yet again. Anybody who wants to step into their purpose in God, at some point will have to deal with that feeling of being frozen by fear. But the good news is, God never intended that to be the end of that story. Because 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 clearly declares that that wasn't meant to define you. That wasn't meant to be the final chapter on your purpose. Come on, that wasn't meant to be what you were known for the rest of your days. Come on, that wasn't meant to be your ultimate limiter. No, he did not give you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And that's the reason I love the story of Gideon. Because the story of Gideon is the story of people like you and me who in their hearts so desperately want to step into a purpose that is greater than ourselves. We want so desperately to have the sense that the God of this universe is working away in our lives and through our lives. But so often we found ourselves right there at the edge of stepping into our purpose, at the edge of shining light in dark places, at the edge of sharing the gospel or the good news with our friends who need it. But fear would fill our brains, drip down to our hearts and freeze our bodies and we walk 
away from that opportunity. Gideon, like us, experienced what it was like to desire to step into a wild purpose for the glory of God, but feel fear freeze him. Because that's what's happening here in the story. God had promised this land to his people. God had promised so much more to his ancestors. But here they found themselves languishing in the midst of oppression. The promises of God felt a million miles away, but there was something humming in the heart of Gideon, knowing that he could be a part of bringing change to everything, but he was afraid. We know he was afraid because the Bible says here that he was in a wine press threshing wheat. It's a strange picture. He was so afraid of his enemies. He was so afraid of the culture that surrounded him. He was so afraid of persecution or being pushed down. He found himself working a job that should have been worked outside in a basement somewhere. So he's threshing wheat in this wine press. He's in the basement. And then God shows up and says to him, Gideon, He says to you, young person, I want you to step out of your everyday, ordinary life and step into your extraordinary purpose that was bought for you by the blood of Jesus. I want you to step into this. But then you see this interplay between Gideon and God. Time and time again, Gideon saying, hey, you got the wrong person. Hey, God, you don't know how bad it is out there. Hey, God, do you know how crazy these Midianites are? Hey, God, do you know how many times our hopes have been dashed? Hey, God, do you know how small my tribe is? Do you know how small my family is? Do you know how small I am within my family? Hey, God, you got the wrong person. Wave after wave of excuse, frozen by fear. But then God would reply to Gideon as he speaks to us tonight. He says lovingly to us, I know that you are frozen by fear. I know that it's easy on a Wednesday night to get pumped up for the glory of God. And I know it's a lot harder when the lights are turned on and you walk back out into the real world. I get that. But I want to help you get unfrozen from fear. Come on and step into your purpose. Come on, tonight we are breaking fear. How does God do that? First and foremost, he says, would you let me define you? You will never break fear in your life and you will never step into your purpose as a people who bring heaven to earth unless you once and for all let God define you. Because ultimately, what defines you will control you. What you allow to define you will basically control your peace, control your sense of worth, control your sense of value, control your sense of destiny. Whatever you allow to define you will ultimately control you. What defines you? Is it your social media? Is it your following? 
Is it your like ratio in response or in comparison or relative to your following? What defines you? Is it your group? Is it their affirmation, their acceptance, them including you on that group me or that group text? Is, does that define you? What defines you? Is it words that have been spoken over you? Words of discouragement, words of death, words of devaluing. Has that defined you? Has the lack of words spoken over you defined you? No one speaking love over your life or value over your life or belief in your life. What defines you? Well, I've got some good news for you. Irrespective, or in other words, it doesn't matter what or who has defined you up to this point. When God cuts in on the conversation, come on, and you let Him define you, all of a sudden, fear begins to break. <laughs> That's the reason he says here in verse 12, he steps up to Gideon, frozen by fear, insecure, intimidated, feeling like the smallest, feeling like he's got nothing to offer, feeling like, yo, it's so bad out here. Are you crazy? You want me to change that? He comes up and God says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's the reason. Even when Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior, God spoke over his life, mighty warrior, because God understood that if you would finally, once and for all, let him define you, not the people around you, not people who have an opinion today, but we gone tomorrow, no. If you would let him define you, fear begins to break. Do you know who you are? You're a mighty warrior. Come on, do you know who you are? You're a child of God, and God is your dad. Come on, do you know who you are? Come on, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're breathtaking. You know who you are? You're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good, which he prepared in advance for you to do. You know who you are? You are more than a conqueror. You aren't just a victor. You're someone who can run up the scoreboard. You know who you are? You are a co-laborer, a co-worker with the God of this universe. Nothing or no one in this world has the right to define that which God has made, and he made you. So do you know who you are? But that girl over there, like this girl says this stuff about me, like kind of, if I don't like kind of, like kind of follow along with everybody else, and I kind of, if I like speak up, like everyone else like being so negative in the group, and if I kind of say girls, like why be, like she might just like cut me out of the group text, you know, who cares? She has no right to define you. Hey, bro, you don't know, man, this dude over there, everyone, everyone do it, man, everyone do it, man, everyone do it. No, who cares if everyone's doing it? God has already defined you. Come on, when you allow God to define you, fear begins to break. Let God define you. The second thing God does in trying to break fear, he's trying to remind you that you're stronger than you think. He's trying to remind you that you're not small that you're not insignificant, 
that you aren't just a face in the crowd, that you're not easily overlooked, that you're just ordinary, normal, or even below average. Nothing could be further from the truth. He shows up and he reminds you that you are stronger than you think. Because in verse 14, he specifically says to Gideon, go in the strength that you have and save Israel. That's wild. It's wild to say to a guy who thinks he's the weakest dude in the land, but God's trying to remind him like he's trying to remind us that we might not feel like the most gifted or talented or graced or experienced individual, but you are stronger than you think. That if you have God, you have something of God inside of you. And that makes you, come on, stronger than you think. Because I'm like your Asian uncle, can we go mathematic for a while? Let me give you an equation. If you're writing down notes, I want you to get this. This is kingdom mathematics 101 cannot be disputed because your Chinese uncle who's good at math told you this. All right, here we go, all right? Your strength plus God equals more than enough. Write that down. Whatever God has put inside of you, and it might not feel like much, but it's something. It might not have been discovered yet, but it's right there. It might not seem that impressive, but you'll be amazed at what God can do with five loaves and two fish. I'm telling you, when you bring what you have and put it in God's hands and partner with Him, all of a sudden you start stepping into the mighty and the miraculous. Can someone say, come on, a good amen to that. Whatever you have, plus God, equals more than enough. That's the story of the Bible. One dude had a craggly old stick, a staff, but plus God, it divided a Red Sea and a nation was saved. <laughs> One sling and a couple of stones, plus God, equals Shazam, Goliath falling down, slash his head. It... Come on, a couple of dudes with trumpets, I'm talking about like the band from school, yo. They're walking around the walls of Jericho. I'm not talking about five-star or four-star or elite car. I'm not talking about the wrestling. I'm talking about the band with trumpets plus God equals the walls of Jericho coming down. Come on. It is not how strong you have. It's recognizing that you're stronger than you think. Adding that to God and that becomes, my friends, a miracle. Let God define you. And remember, you're stronger than you think. Thirdly and lastly, write this down. God promises to be with you. Breaking fear isn't about living a life in such a way that you never experience your heart flutter and you never feel frozen in a moment. Breaking fear means living your life consistently and continually stepping into the environment, but just remembering that He is there. True courage is not the absence of that which freaks you out. It's the presence of Jesus while you're getting freaked out. That's how you break fear. Because He says here in verse 16, all right, all right, Gideon, I get it. We're going back and forth. But I promise to be 
with you. In fact, I would go as far to say this. I would love you to write this down. In my experience, I'm 43 now. I've been walking with Jesus since I was 17 years old. And I've, I've just made it a point to make sure that my life was always the kind of adventure that I believe that God promised to me because he said that my life would be overflowing, it would be abundant. It wasn't meant to be just the same old, same old. There was meant to be something mind-blowing and skin-tingling about it. So I've seen some pretty cool things in my time. And I've learned this. That not only is God with you every single time you feel frozen by fear. He's especially with you in those moments when you feel frozen by fear. Because I believe that God is closest when you're at your bravest. That's the reason the Bible encourages us to not just walk by sight, but to walk by faith. Because when you're freaking out, you have an opportunity then to experience God in a way you couldn't experience Him when you're sitting near Him in a crowd. I, I, need, I need someone to help me out here as I wrap up my message. You young man over here with the cool hair. I like you, a little bit of length in your hair. You over here, that's right. What's your name? Sorry? Eddie. He's even got a cool name. Cool hair, cool fit. Eddie, I like you, Eddie. How old are you? 11, Okay. Have we been hanging out tonight, you and me, Eddie and Dan? We've been tonight, together tonight, yeah? We've been hanging out, all right? So tonight when, when your mom and dad, whoever picks you up and says, hey, you know what? How was youth tonight? You go, it was good. I got to hang out with Dan. Is that a true statement or not? We've hung out, yeah? Okay, but it's different. Come here now, Eddie. Come on, walk here, Eddie. Come on. All right, see so if Eddie's come here, all right? Now, wait, 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 okay. So Eddie's come here, all right? All right, come here. Jump up on the stage here, Eddie. All right, come here. All right, now, now, oh, wait a second. Now you've done something brave. You stepped out of a crowd and you're looking into a camera and we've got 14 campuses watching you and people all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's different now, isn't it? All right, but now you and me got something different. It was kind of like, it was cool. We were kind of together before. I was here, you were there. We were kind of together, but now it's different, isn't it? It's because now you've stepped out and it's a little bit scary, but hey, you're experiencing me in a different way. Are we right, Eddie? Pound it, okay? All right, now try something else, Eddie, okay? Now I want you to, just trust me now, Eddie. Now hang off the, hang off the stage, hang off the, okay. Now, Eddie, yes, are we still together? All right, but are you experiencing me in like the deepest way now? You are, why? 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 Because you put yourself out there, and because you put yourself out there, we were kind of together before, we were kind of together after, but we're kind of together in a whole different way when you step out. Come on, every single time you step out and be brave for Jesus, every single time, come on, you open your mouth and talk about Jesus, every single time you invite a friend along to fuse, come on, every single time you open up your mouth in your small group, come on, every single time you stand up for someone who's being put down, every single time, God's always with you. I just believe that he feels closest when you're at your bravest. Come put your hands together for Eddie. Come on, jump down there. I'm so glad I could get him up because I didn't test that. And I just declare this over our youth ministry. 
that fear is breaking off in the name of Jesus. And there are going to be young people who are going to be stepping into their purpose like they've never stepped before. And this, come on, and the cool little benefit is you're going to experience, amen, come on, our God, our Savior, come on, like never before. Because I believe that God feels closest when you're swinging out there at your bravest. That's what the Leans have discovered in the last couple of years moving to America. And I hope and pray that each of you would find your brave God story too. Can I just challenge you to do a really simple thing? On every single campus, I want each of you to think of three people in your world who have either been connected to Fuse in the past but are not connected right now, who have never been along to Fuse on New Spring. Or someone right now in your world who kind of like is around church a little bit, but somehow over the last couple of weeks or months have been disconnected. I want you just to bring them to mind right now. And I know it's a little bit scary. I know it's a little bit intimidating. I know it's a little bit weird. I know that you don't want to be the weird kind of Christian person. I know. But come on. Their acceptance or their rejection doesn't define you. Who defines you? God defines you, yeah? And you don't think that you have the words or the power or the influence, but guess what? Come on, you are stronger than you think. And come on, who wants to feel God closer? All right, well, you'll feel God closest when you're hanging out there in your bravest. And I wanna challenge you, in two weeks' time, everyone say two weeks' time. Come on, say two weeks' time. Please tell me, Tyler, was it two weeks' time? Two weeks' time. We have S-F-S-K-O, okay? F-S-K-O. And my dear friend Tim Ross is going to be preaching, but even more importantly, my best friend King Jesus is going to be moving. All right? And some of y'all were going to be quiet around those three people, but guess what? These next couple of weeks, we're going to hustle, we're going to grind. We're going to beg, we are going to bribe, we are going to do whatever is required, come on, to get them here in two weeks' time. Believing that as we, come on, bring what we have and we add that to Jesus, amen, it is more than enough. Hey, my last minute with you, I like to just do something really simple. And it's going to be invitation on every single campus. And after people move, I'm going to trust my pastors and leaders on every single campus to, to come alongside our young people and to pray for them and to minister to them appropriately. But I just want to ask you this question. Hey, is there anyone here in this room who knows exactly what it's like to be frozen by fear? Come on, put your hand up. And I know I can put your hands down. How many people here would honestly say that me being frozen by fear is holding me back from stepping into my purpose. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right now? Come on, let's be real right now. Me being frozen by fear, come on, is holding me back from stepping into my purpose. We're breaking fear tonight. So with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, I do that to create a little bit of an intimidating environment. I wanna give you the chance, come on, to break fear off your life.
So not just because your friends are moving, not just because like kind of the crowd is kind of, you know, shuffling. I want to give you an opportunity. If you know right now that being frozen by fear is stopping you from stepping into your purpose, I want you to jump out of your seat right now and come to the front of every single auditorium. Come now, come, come, come. See, the, the reason that you're not moving right now is because fear is getting you. Break that off your life. Jump out of your seat. Break it off your life. Come on down to the front of every single auditorium across our 14 campuses. Come on, break it off your life. Come on, spread across the front of our auditoriums. Come on, just move forward. There's two steps forward. There's two little steps forward. Two little steps forward. We're going to get our worship teams out here. And I'm just going to pray a prayer of faith. We're believing that it's breaking off your life. So if worship teams can get to their positions. Wow, that is so cool. I'm telling you, come on. It's coming off your life. Let God define you. Hey, you're stronger than you think. And I promise you, you will feel God closest when you are swinging out there bravest. Break fear. Let's invite our friends to FSKO. Come on, break fear. Let's do something wild and cram into a hotel room in Daytona Beach, Florida in a couple of months' time with a bunch of people with way too much Red Bull and not enough deodorant. Come on, let's be brave. We're breaking fear. Let's do this all together on every single campus. Let me pray and we'll worship together. Just pray this prayer after me if you've responded tonight. Hey, Jesus. Come on, say it like you're bold. Hey, Jesus. Thank you for the spirit you gave me. And I'm thankful it's not a spirit of fear. But it's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. It's a spirit of self-discipline. It's the spirit of you, King Jesus. So tonight and for many nights to come, I break fear. You break fear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just worship together. Come on, let's do that.